Hey everybody, this is Don Newman, and this is Living a Life Worth Remembering. This is the show that's dedicated to helping you and I live a life that would continue to live on even after our own lifetime has ended. I am so excited about my special guests today, and let me just right from the very beginning uh, encourage you to share this episode with other people. Uh, if you have ever thought about, dreamed about, uh, ever planned on writing a book, if that is on your list, you need to take 30 minutes today and listen uh, to this episode because my special guest has had a great influence on many people when it comes to writing and in and, and the kingdom in general, but he's had a great influence on me. And so I'm so excited today. I want to introduce Pastor Mark Batterson. He's not only the lead pastor of National Community Church, he's also a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, he's published, he's written and published over, I believe, 19 books, maybe more uh, since the last time I checked. But uh, he's had such an influence on many people's life. And I was so excited to have him on here today. And I wanted to talk about how we can create a lasting legacy by writing a book and there's nobody that has uh, done it better than Pastor Mark. Pastor Mark, welcome to Living a Life Worth Remembering. Hey, Don, so good to be with you. And I love hanging out with writers. And so uh, excited about our time together. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Uh, I don't know, you, there's no way you'd remember this, but the first time I met you, it was at Exponential in Orlando, and you were doing a breakout session uh, over in one of the rooms, and you were launching, you were actually launching for home groups then the uh, Wild Goose Chase uh, <laughs> book that was in kind of a home group, uh, you know, episode and kind of broken out for that. But I, I, you know, from there, I kind of just have kept up and you probably can't see, but over my shoulder there, there's the Mark Batterson collection right there <laughs> on my shelf. And uh, love, love your books, love your ministry. And you've had such an influence on many people and why I'm so excited to have you on here today. How many books have you written? Well, When the Day was the 20th trade book. Wow. And, you know, there's a few sort of ancillary books, uh, a couple of youth or teen version of books that, that I wouldn't necessarily count in that number. But uh, yeah, 20, 20 books. Um, but it, it always starts with the first one, right? Don, <laughs> that's the hardest one. The hardest one is getting that first book written. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I, I know, um, you know, one of the things I wanted you to share is I love, you know, when you share about your journey on that first book and that yes. first book, you know, I was so thrilled to find out that you had actually stepped out and did that with Zulon Press. And uh, when I discovered that, I was like, I can't believe this. He actually started here. You know, it's like so exciting to me to see that, uh, you know, somebody had stepped out. But I've heard you teach on seeding the clouds mm. and stepping out in faith and, and making that journey. And, you know, I'm going to share this with a lot of dreamers. I mean, we're going to spread this around because I want to encourage people. You know, I feel like, you know, like right now, listen, you are the bishop of books and I am the evangelist of publishing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to encourage some people to write. So I want you yep. to share about that journey on that first book uh, and yeah. what journey it was. You know, let, let me just start right here and say, you know, someone asked me 
you know, about whether or not they should write a book. I really try to, to flip the question and say, I mean, do you, do you feel like God is calling you to write? Because if you feel like God is calling you to write, then to not write would be disobedience. And so why don't, why don't we just make it an obedience issue? In fact, delayed obedience is disobedience. And so I think it really, if God has called you, um, then he's going to help you. He's going to anoint you to write that first book. Um, now I go all the way back and I think more and more people, Don, they're, they're going to have to self-publish that first book and find partners like Zulon. Um, because it's really hard to get a foot in the door, but honestly, self-publishing and the platform that you've created makes it easier and easier for someone to become a, a published author. And with the use, use of, uh, you know, uh, digital and electronic platforms, it, it, there's almost no excuse uh, at this point not to write a book because you, you can get it anywhere, that ebook. And, uh, and then of course, uh, it's not too hard to get it into that paperback or hardback form. And so my, my journey started with, um, I just leveraged my 35th birthday and said, I'm not going to turn 35 without a book to show for it. And I gave myself 40 days, uh, to write that first book, which is kind of crazy. Um, but at some point I feel like it was to prove to myself that I could do it, that it, it really was uh, an act of obedience for me. In fact, when I sit down at my keyboard, I don't feel like I'm typing with 26 letters. I feel like I'm worshiping with 26 letters. I'm, wow. I'm obeying with 26 letters of the English alphabet. And I'm really trusting God to give me the words to be able to paint the word pictures uh, that he wants me to. And so that's kind of a little bit of my journey. Yeah, the, you know, I, I know when I heard you first share that and, you know, and that deadline, I mean, that's like, it's like crazy when you think about, man, I'm going to do this within this amount of time. But, you know, deadlines are everything to writers. Uh, they, they are. And, and Don, um, Parkinson's law says that if you have two weeks, it's going to take two weeks. If you have two months, it's going to take two months. If you have two days, it's going to take two days. So like you have to give yourself a long enough runway to be able to research and, and write. But if you just keep putting that deadline further and further out, it's going to take forever. So at some point, you know, the hardest thing for a writer, I think, is to tie off the umbilical cord and just hand that book over to an editor or a publisher and kind of let go. Yeah, I agree. In fact, one of my sayings that uh, I share all the time is that there's a big difference between an imperfect book that's read and a perfect book that's never written. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I get these little flash sayings that, uh, you know, God just drops into me when I'm talking to people, you know, trying to encourage them because I had, I had one guy one time, Mark, that, it was five years and he was still editing it. He says, well, you know, things, I see things different. And I'm like, you always will. Yes. Yep. It's, it's never a finished product. So I've had to, as a little bit of a perfectionist, I've employed an 80% rule that when I feel like a book is about 80% of the way there, 
I'll hand it off to an editor and, and then give my brain a break, let them look at it. And then, then when I get it back, now I have kind of fresh eyes to be able to see what I've written. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I love what you shared about the obedience. Uh, I think that sums up so much, but what, you know, talking to the dreamers out there, because that's going to be some of the people that are watching this, what, what would be a couple of things, practical, spiritual, what, wherever you want to bring them from, that you would want to share with them uh, to kind of encourage them to give them something to go forward with? Well, you know, for starters, you know, good writing is bad writing, well edited. You know, I didn't make that up. I've heard that a hundred times. And That's it's true. Great. It's true. Um, I think it's about the discipline of writing. Um, if you want to get in shape, you're going to need a, a regiment of exercise. Um, if you want to write a book, you're going to need a regiment of writing. And you, you got to you got to figure out how to have a, a writing season. Um, do, do you, do you have a writing season done? I'm in one right now. Um, the book I was talking to you about that I shared praying for rain. Um, you know, I've been actually blogging the book for like a, a year now through my prayer journey and getting the points. Like I have the content, like a jigsaw puzzle. I have it everywhere. And so now I've put myself underneath an eight week window to pull the content together. And so if I can do two chapters a week, this is a deadline I've given myself, then I can hand it off to my editor, which happens to be my daughter uh, at uh, the uh, middle of October. I talked her into yep. doing this next book for me. So uh, she said, you got to have it to me by this time. And, uh, so it's kind of like I don't have a set season because I can't plan like an escape or like a time off. But yeah. I do see you 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 have to kind of, you know, you got to put yourself in the chair. You got to do it. Uh, yeah. I did it this weekend. I, I actually experienced it this weekend, Mark, where um, I, I didn't feel emotional. I didn't feel inspired. Like I couldn't get into the zone. And I was actually praying about it. And the Lord said, just sit down and write. And I'm like, dah, 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 dah. and yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, I got my writing music going in the background and then all of a sudden it takes off and I wrote for four hours. Wow. Yep. Well, I, we have a couple of things in common. Uh, sometimes if I need to get in a zone, I will put um, headphones or earbuds in and I do instrumental music and I put it on repeat. So it's not distracting to me, but it kind of gets me in a, in a little bit of a headspace. I, I kick off my writing season, November five, which is my birthday. And then now I write until Super Bowl Sunday, which uh, is, you know, first, second week in February. So I, I get about three months to write a draft. I start with a writing retreat, two or three days. Uh, I end with a writing retreat two or three days. And then I kind of work my calendar where I get up a little bit earlier. I set my alarm. You know, I'm, I'm usually up and writing by 6 a.m. During a, during a writing season. And I may write until 6 o'clock at night. Now, uh, I will take a nap in between because uh, <laughs> I need to reset the brain because most of my creativity happens in the morning. But if I get a 20-minute nap, I get two windows of creativity. And so you just, 
you kind of have to figure out what works for you. Now, I'm guessing most people listening, this is going to be a side hustle. Um, and it is for me. Like I have a day job. I pastor a church. Um, so you've got to find the margins that work for you. Um, and uh, whether you're a morning person or a night person, it is about the regular routine that, you know, I, I'm going to write Monday, Wednesday, Friday from, you know, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Uh, or I'm going to, you just have to figure out, you have to discipline yourself. Yeah. And that's how you're then going to be able to produce uh, that content that's going to uh, hopefully add up to a book in the end. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's, you know, um, it's basic. I mean, you, you've got to sit down and write. Um, you know, that's that's the difference and stuff. I love a saying that you have um, and uh, several of our people actually quote it to people all the time. And it has to deal with. You know, a book is not a book sold. A book sold is a prayer answered. Uh, I love that quote of you, the prayers that you pray. Uh, share about that. Yeah. Well, we've got a prayer team that when I wrote that first book, I literally asked him to pray that God would put the right book in the right hands at the right time. And we've heard that, uh, you know, testimonies of just you know, the book sat on my bedside table for a year and I didn't read it and people apologize. And I'm like, don't apologize. It wasn't the right time. Uh, it's amazing that when people read the right book and their hearts are kind of open, you know, it can be a life changer or a game changer. And so I, I've decided like, you just can't focus on, on outcomes because you can't control that. You have to write the best book that you can. And then, you know, you pray that the Lord will set up those divine appointments and he does it time and time again. And so the beautiful thing is, you know, both, both of us have written some books. And so right now someone's reading a book somewhere, Don, wow. yeah. uh, you know, they're, they're on the beach in nice warm weather, uh, you know, reading one of our books or they're on an airplane um, or they're sitting on a train. And, uh, you know, it's, it's this asynchronous kind of impact that once you put a book out there, you just never know how God's going to use it. And so, uh, yeah, I don't see a book sold as a book sold. I see it as a prayer answered. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that saying. And I've experienced it. I have experienced that myself uh, with a book that somebody gave me. And uh, I can tell you right now, one day on page 199 was a statement that shifted my life. And so many times I'll tell people, look, there, there is a list. I'd like to be on it one day, New York times bestselling list, but there's a God's eternal impact list. Yeah. You have no idea, you know, uh, who's been impacted. You know, one of the things I love about this with writing and uh, you know, I've got several collections. I love collecting old books and, you know, and, and going into these books that, you know, you have to go find somewhere in a basement in London or something. You know, I love that. But one of the things I love about it is, uh, you know, how a book can create a lasting legacy. You know, I tell the story. Uh, it's a story. I don't know if it's true or not, but I love telling it. The two pastors in the 19th century that were well known in that time period. We know one was Charles Spurgeon. The other one we don't know. And the difference was Charles Spurgeon wrote and the other pastor didn't. And you look at the legacy. How do you see 
you know, knowing the impact of a book can leave a lasting legacy. How do you see that impacting even your own future generations and people? Yeah, you know, Don, I just I was just in Minneapolis uh, doing a bike century, rode a hundred miles, oh, and wow. I was I was hanging out with my extended family. That's where I was born, and we were talking about my grandparents and and great grandparents, and it's remarkable how little we know three generations back. Like we might know a name, uh, we might know uh, an occupation. But we, we know next to nothing three generations back. And I've always felt like a book is a time capsule that I send to the third and fourth generation. You know, should the Lord tarry, um, I feel like it's my way of sharing, hey, this is what I live for. This is what I was willing to die for. This, these are the things that were my core values and core convictions. And these are the testimonies of what God has done. And so to me, a book is a time capsule to the third and fourth generation. And if anybody wants to read it between now and then, uh, even better, right? Um, But that really is kind of my heartbeat behind uh, the writing that I do. Yeah. I don't know if I ever showed it to you um, when we've talked before, but I actually, on my shelf behind me, I've got two books that were written by great, great uncles that were Baptist pastors that I discovered that they wrote a book and I searched and searched and searched and found it in an old bookstore in wow. North Carolina. And, you know, I always, I'll show it. I, like I'll go and talk to pastors a lot and I'll, I'll say, look, he never ever would have dreamed that there would have been a descendant that was a pastor in, in publishing that would one day be holding this book. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it, it really thrills me you know, when we talk about legacy and, you know, the impact that it can have, you know, you've written a lot of great books and, um, you know, whenever I'm talking to anybody, well, let me tell you my first personal favorite, you know, I'm going to talk about circle maker, but my personal favorite is all in. And I think the reason all in is my favorite is because there's many times, I can't tell you how many times God will have me pull that down. And it's another call to go ahead and go all in again. Uh, and so I've highlighted the same stories, the same statements, the same, it, it almost becomes a repeated message uh, yeah. for me. So that's, that's really my favorite uh, of all of yours because of the impact it continues to have. But wow. when I talk to people and, you know, and I share with people and, you know, they want to know, well, who have you published before? And just things like that. I'll share about you all, almost every time they talk about the circle maker. Uh-huh. And, you know, obviously that book, uh, I don't know the exact number, but I know it sold, it sold over a million copies and the influence, I hear it myself from the people we talk to. Um, what, you know, for those that don't know about the book, I mean, you can just briefly tell about it, but what I'd like to hear is what do you think it was about that book that made it so special and made mm-hmm. it so unique? Yeah. Well, you know, on one level as an author, like you're going to be passionate about whatever you're writing in the moment. And so it probably is going to feel like the most important book you've ever written. And I've probably felt that way about, you know, each book I've written, but the circle maker, I feel like one key to writing is metaphors or organizing metaphors. Um, you need to leverage history and science and stories to kind of, 
capture people's imagination and then you pull them in and then you start to kind of make your point. Well, I knew that this story about Honey the Circle Maker, um, you know, who saved a generation with a with a bold prayer, uh, that it was the kind of story that packed a punch and was so inspiring to me that I felt like it would have that same kind of impact on others. Um, and uh, in fact, to, to such a point, Don, that um, my wife and I decided to, we, we felt like God was going to bless that book. And so we started a family foundation and determined the percentage of earnings that we wanted to give away before we made a penny. Wow. Um, and I think it's one reason why the Lord blessed it because we're, we're not going to take all of that income for ourselves. We're going to get that back into kingdom causes that we care about. And so I think on one level, you know, no one feels like they've arrived when it comes to prayer. So it's kind of this evergreen subject. But then I think the Lord has blessed it too, because for us, it's a vehicle of generosity that we're able to leverage some of those royalties and give them to others. And so I I don't know, it's just, uh, it's a book that I continue to smile that Let's just say that the Lord has answered a lot of prayers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and by the way, you know, writers, let, let that inspire you. Sometimes I, I get frustrated or I hit writer's block or I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just so tired. Um, if you multiply the number of copies that that book has sold times reading time, you know, which would be about five, six hours, you know, for an average reader, it adds up to 1,741 years. Oh my of word. reading time. So it's almost two millennium of reading time. And the reason why I do that little exercise is because sometimes writing is painful, but, but I'm also, I'm having, you know, millennia of influence. And that, that's part of what helps me get up early, Don, and uh, even press through some of that writer's block that somehow, some way, God's going to use this book to touch and impact someone's life. Wow. That, that's so inspiring to me to, um, to imagine, you know, you think about the generational effect because you know, circle maker to me, um, you know, one of the things, I mean, the story is incredible that you tell in the beginning, but I got to tell you, it's the stories you tell of your journey that made it real to me and became a one of the, like I said, All In has really impacted me, but I think we've given away more circle makers to people. And that's, you know, one of the things I, I and I share this with people because, you know, I get authors, you know, Mark, I'll get authors that are like, uh, I'm gonna do a book signing, what do you suggest I do? And I'll talk about, hey, put it on, get buy one, buy two, get one free. Oh, no, 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 I, it's 1549. I, and, and I'll share with them, I'll say, listen, listen, if you want to look to some of the most successful people, and I name you, I said, there are times that I know of that, that mark the church or the ministry will sow that church, sow the book into the entire church. Uh, talk about that for just a second, uh, about the need to give books away and make them available to people. Yeah, I think with with my very first book, In a Pit with a Line on a Snowy Day, I think we gave away 400 copies to church planners. And, 
you know, we didn't give them thinking about it being a multiplier or, you know, we just gave them because we felt like the book might be an inspiration to church planners. But you know what happened over the years? Those church planners would often use it with a core team or they would use it as a gift to guests at the church. And I, Don, I bet, I mean, that, that book has sold, you know, um, a lot of copies too. <laughs> um, and, and again, it's, you know, it's a 15 year old book. So you, you've got some time frame there, but it's, it's a book that continues to sell. But you know what? I, I think those 400 copies, I mean, I can't even, I, I, it's, it's a hundred X. So, and then Laura and I made a decision that we would gift a copy to everybody at NCC uh, every time I write a book. And it's a way of us just blessing our spiritual family. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's several thousand copies now that we would gift to everybody. And, and what I've found is that if you're generous and, and if it's a good book, um, then people are going to recommend it, buy it for friends. And it creates a little bit of this snowball effect. So I, I'm of the belief that you can't give too many books away and uh, you can't have too big a discount because at the end of the day, you know, you want to try to get that book into people's hands and and then let them become uh, the evangelist for it as it impacts their life. That's awesome. I love that. Well, I want to wrap up and, and, want to talk about your most recent book and we're going to put something up, some information at the end, but I got this just a while back Win the day. Uh, why don't, I mean, I've just thumbed through it. I haven't read it yet, but already I'm like looking at it saying, I need this book now. Talk about that book. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty simple concept that yesterday is history. Tomorrow's mystery. You have to win the day. And I don't care if you're training for a marathon, trying to write a book, uh, you you know, whatever it is, you've got to have a plan and then you've got to work that plan every single day. And so I share seven habits uh, that are that I have to say are pretty fun. Everything from, uh, you know, flip the script to kiss the wave to eat the frog, uh, fly the kite, cut the rope. Uh, wind the clock, seed the clouds. And I I think they're habits that will help people, um, whatever they're going after, go after it kind of on a daily basis. And uh, it really was a fun book to write. A lot of history, um, quite a bit of science. And I love juxtaposing those different disciplines to sort of bring principles to life and offer a little bit of motivation because I think all of us need that right about now with, uh, you know, where, where we are, you know, still, uh, fighting, a a pandemic and kind of the, yeah, it's just the last two years have been really, really hard. And so the the last thing I'll say is that that leadership starts with self-leadership. And if you aren't leading yourself, well, you aren't going to lead anybody else well. And so it really is about those daily habits that you practice. Uh, that's going to be w- what helps you um, really lead others. And, uh, and if, you're, if you're trying to write a book, whew, you got to win the day. 
by writing, writing some words every single day. And if you do that, it's going to add up. It'll add up to a book. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Well, I can't thank you enough for being a part of this today. I, you know, when I thought about all the things I'd love to talk about, we, we'd be here all day long uh, because we're both writers. We love talking about it. But, uh, you know, I truly believe that there has been a, a, not just a very practical, uh, you know, application that's been given to people, but I believe there's been a spiritual one as well. Uh, I believe that there's some people that are going to watch this that who knows, they might write a book that changes the world. And the moment that they made the decision was because they saw this. And, and that's what I'm praying for and believing for. And mm. so um, what I'll, I'll believe with you, Don. Uh, and I just that that got me excited right there. Yeah, my yeah. Uh, my heart might have skipped a beat because yeah. listen, the best books are, are still to be written. Uh, every author is a first time author, you know, at some point. And so, um, I, I believe that there are some God ideas, there are some titles, there are some chapters, and there are some books that are just waiting to be birthed. And I, I want to make sure one more time that I say thanks to you because, uh, Zulon was the first partner with that first book and, uh, really was the seedbed, uh, for the next couple of books. And I am eternally grateful. So thanks so much. Hey, you're very, you're, you're very welcome. Very welcome indeed. I just feel the need to do this. Would you mind like just closing with a short prayer, praying for the people that are watching this? I, I, I just keep feeling the nudge on me and I'm going to follow the prompting yep. I'm feeling because I just, you know, there's power in prayer. And if you'll close it in prayer, then I'll, I'll, I'll close the broadcast today. I love it. God, you know who is watching and listening. You know them by name. You know the number of hairs on their head. You, you know them inside and out. In fact, they are your workmanship, your poema, uh, your work of art created in Christ Jesus to do good works prepared for them in advance. And so, Lord, we live forwards, but you work backwards. And I, I believe that there's a book inside a lot of people who are listening to this. And I pray that with the Holy Spirit's help, that that book would be birthed and be a blessing to many, many people in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Mark. We love and appreciate you very, very much. Thanks, Don. Well, I just want to encourage everybody that uh, tuned into this today uh, to not only watch it and dig out of this broadcast, the truths that were shared today, but I want to encourage you to share it with other people you know that uh, could benefit from it. People you know that are wanting to write a book. And uh, if you're not already tuned in to Living a Life Worth Remembering, you can go to Coach Don Newman on YouTube, subscribe to the show. You can hit the notification and it'll let you know when future episodes are uploaded. You can also go to iTunes and listen to the podcast, Living a Life Worth Remembering. But I just want to encourage you, just as Mark said, whatever you're called to do, step out and do it because you will leave a lasting legacy for other people. God bless you guys. Thank you for being with me today.